This week on our Watch This As An Adult Movie Reviews, I give my review of Black Adam and I also review the 1995 horror comedy Vampire in Brooklyn. Black Adam, what have your powers ever given to you? Nothing but heartache. I was a slave until I died. Then I was reborn a god. My son sacrificed his life to save me. Now, I kneel before no one. In this world, they're heroes. They're villains. Heroes don't kill people. Well, I do. My vision has shown me the future. You have two choices. You can be the destroyer of this world. Or you can be its savior. That's up to you. Did he just catch a rocket? He caught a rocket. Hello and welcome to episode 122 of I Watch This As An Adult Movie Reviews. I'm your host, Mikkel Ford. And as you heard, the Black Adam trailer right there, I will be giving my review of Black Adam as I saw it on uh, Saturday. I saw it on Saturday. want to give you guys my thoughts on it. I'm just going to just jump right into it. Uh, let's talk about it. Uh, I want to say first off that I did not like the first 20 minutes of this movie that is a that is a that is a hell of a way to start the review but I just got it I'm just gonna get that out of the way I did not like the first 20 minutes of this movie I thought it dragged for the first 20 minutes uh the first half of this movie i felt like i was watching a uh, tomb raider like they even had like a lara croft they even have like a lara croft type character in this movie or like she's like because like um the because like the beginning of the movie 
is they're going into this they're going into this there's these people going into this tomb right and they're going to look for this um this crown which is spoiler alert that's the MacGuffin of this whole movie um well they're going to look for this crown and like uh there's this there's this uh chicken here uh played by this actress uh Sarah Shahai uh she plays um what's her name Adriana Tomas she plays Adriana Tomas who I know is a a character in DC Comics she is a character in DC Comics and but here she's like a she's like a she's like a tomb raider you know like like I said like she's even like she's even dressed like Lara Croft she's got like the little the, the little spaghetti strap uh uh tink top on she's got the the the, the high cut booty shorts on <laughs> you know <laughs> only thing that was missing was guns that was the only thing that was missing from her and like she just starts jumping all over the place and up just looking at her just looking at her i was like you know what she'd be a great Laura croft just looking at her i, I was thinking that i was thinking she would be a great Laura croft because who played Laura Croft before this? It was uh the first Laura Croft was uh Angelina Jolie, and the second was uh, uh Alicia Vikander. Both of them kind of failed. Uh, I've never I've never watched the uh, Alicia Vikander Tomb Raider, so I can't really judge how good she is. But this girl here, like like she she even has an accent. Oh, like she has. I think Vikander had an accent too. Uh, Angelina Jolie put on a fake British accent, but I saw. I was like, if they want to make, if they want to try another Tomb Raider movie, I suggest that they cast this girl, this this woman. I'm sorry, she's a grown woman. I think she's like maybe late 30s, early 40s. I think, but that might be a thing that holds her back. But I th- if she was like a more older, she could be like a more older, experienced Laura Croft. You know, she could be that. Um, you know, but she, 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 I think she would be a good Laura Croft. I think she would work. But yeah, that's the that's the whole first part of this movie. Um, another thing about this movie, like this movie felt like this is the, this is how I felt in the theater watching it. It was like this movie felt like a superhero movie that came out in 2007. It's like on the cusp. It's like on the cusp of like the MCU being built. You know, like like is it has elements of both when they didn't care too much about superhero movies and it also has that first year mcu comic book accuracy you know it has it's it's like right there it's right there in that sweet spot where it's like oh it's like it it has that it has the tone like the tone is the tone of a comic book movie from 2007 but it also has like that comic book accuracy to where like all the heroes are in like their comic book accurate costumes they're all in their comic book uh, accurate costumes. They're all, um, they're all doing their powers from the comic book. It's not like it's not like they're trying to like they're trying to be cool and not say like, hey, 
Hawkman. Let's do, it's not like they say like let's do a Hawkman without his wings. You know, <laughs> like cuz at the cuz at the beginning of the movie Hawkman is not even in costume. Like he's in like this kind of like uh African uh garb or something like that. He's like in a he's in a daishiki kind of. Like he's in like he's in a daishiki. Like Hawkman Carter Hall, aka Hawkman is wearing a daishiki at the beginning at the beginning when we first see him. <laughs> and they could have just went with that. They could have just went with that and he put like a like a like a domino mask on his face and he's like, oh, he doesn't have wings. He has a jetpack, you know, and that's why he's and his nickname is Hawkman, you know, and he's got a hawk symbol on the jetpack or some shit like that. They could have done that. Uh, but they didn't. Like he's in full comic book Hawkman garb. Dr. Fate looks like Dr. Fate. Uh Adam Smasher looks like Adam Smasher. Uh, they even got a uh, cyclone. Uh, she looks like cyclone, except for the race swap, because um, in the comic book she's white. Like here, they made her black. Uh, I don't know how they do. And she's a redhead too. That's another thing. Like they always. Why do they do this? There was somebody else that pointed this shit out. I recently watched a video about. It was like a. It was like a British chick. I forgot her name. So because I wanted to shout her out on. She she makes like uh, pretty good videos, but. I wanted to shout her. I forgot her name, but like she was talking, because like she was talking about how they all. Uh, have you ever noticed that every time they want to race swap a character from a uh, black to white, or from uh, from white to black, excuse me, when they want to race swap a character from white to black, they always use they always use redhead characters. You know, <laughs> you know, Mary Jane, uh, Iris West, Ariel from The Little Mermaid recently. You know, and now Cyclone, because Cyclone in the comics is a redhead white girl. Uh, here, she's a black girl with like curly red hair. You know, <laughs> so they just totally, they just totally race swap that character. They race swap the Hawkman too, like because in the comic books, Carter Hall is a white dude. You know, but here, but it makes more sense that he's black in this movie. I didn't mind that at all. I didn't mind that at all. I didn't mind Carter Hall, Hawkman, being black in this movie because it, it made sense because Hawkman is supposed to be of Egyptian lure. Like, he's supposed to be kind of like a... He's supposed to be kind of like an Egyptian god. You know? So, it makes sense. It makes sense for Hawkman to be black. You know? Uh, so, that, that... So, I didn't have a problem with that. But let's get to um, let's get to the rest of this movie. Uh, Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson does a passable job as Black Adam. You know, like he's not too over the top yet. He's not boring either. Like, but this is the thing. Like he wasn't my he wasn't my favorite character in the movie. He was not my favorite character in the movie. My favorite characters in the movie were the JSA. I love the Justice Society of America in this movie. Uh, like I enjoyed like every time I enjoyed every time they were on screen like especially Eldest Hodge and uh Pierce Brosnan as a uh, Hawkman and Dr. Fate like they were like the highlights of this movie they look cool because I, I was afraid for Pierce Brosnan because Pierce Brosnan's like 70 I want to say I think he's 70 like Pierce Brosnan's like 70 years old and when they said that they cast 
Pierce Brosnan is Dr. Fate. And I'm a Dr. Fate fan. I like I, I like the character of Dr. Fate. I like the character of Kent Nelson. Um, I like his powers. I like what he could do. Uh, so when I was kind of hoping for a younger guy to play him, but like at least a guy in like his 50s, you know, to play him. Because Kent Nelson is a little bit older, you know, but he's not that old, <laughs> you know, but when they said they cast Pierce Brosnan as uh, Dr. Fate, I was, I was a little skeptical. I was a little skeptical. I was a little skeptical. Cause I was like, man, I'm like, Pierce Brosnan's pretty fucking old. <laughs> you know, <laughs> is he going to have, is he going to pull off being a superhero at 70? You know, but he pulls it off. He's the, like I say, he's one of the highlights of the movie. Like he do, like he's doing all the, because like he has a, he has a, he has a helmet on. You know, so he's not doing, he's not really doing all the stunts. He's in the costume. He looks good in the costume too. Cause like there's sometimes when he takes the helmet off and he's just in the costume, he looks good in the costume. He doesn't look like an old man in a costume. He doesn't look like an old man playing superhero. He actually looks like a superhero, you know? So like, uh, they, they, they quelled my, they quelled my doubts with that. And like I said, ended up loving his character. And Eldest Hodge's character of Hawkman above all the other characters. They were the best characters in this movie. Uh, like, I wouldn't mind. Like I said, I wouldn't mind seeing a um, seeing a um, a Justice Society movie. Maybe they like maybe they're setting that up. But like, if there's a Justice Society movie, like one ticket for me. I I would enjoy seeing a whole movie about th- about that that team because i enjoyed i enjoyed the fuck out of the justice society they're my favorite parts of this movie uh i wish they had another member because there's only four you know because you got hawkman who's the leader you got dr fate then you got adam smasher and uh cyclone and cyclone and adam smasher are kind of like the junior members of the team you know, like they're kind of like, uh, cause like even they, like, cause like this mission is like their first mission. So I'm like, who else was in? I'm like, who else was in the Justice Society before this? If, cause you got Hawkman, who who's pretty established. He, he seems pretty established. You got Doctor Fate, who's pretty established. Who else? Who else is in there? They didn't have uh, they didn't have the, the Sandman, like the Sandman that used to have the gas gun. They didn't have. Uh, they could have put, um, what's my boy name? God dang it. The cat guy. I forgot his name. Damn. He was the cat suit. He's like a, he looks like a big, like cat. He was like a black, he was like a black cat suit. I forgot his, I forgot his goddamn name. (laughs) I can't believe I forgot his name. They could have put, um, uh, Power Girl. I guess they didn't want to put Power Girl in there for reason, cause for reasons because like she probably go toe to toe with Black Adam, cause they gotta fight Black Adam, cause it brought in to fight Black Adam, and like Power Girl being there, she'll probably like she could go toe to toe with him, cause like she's got kind of like the same powers as Black Adam. Uh, so like it wouldn't. I guess it was smart to kind of leave her out. Uh, you could put her in later. She could join the Justice Society later. Uh, I'm trying to think of other members of the Justice Society. There's a Star Girl uh, show already. They couldn't do that. Um, 
trying to think. Trying to think who else could have been in there. Like, um, Alan. They could have had Alan. Um, what's his name? The first Green Lantern. I forgot it. I'm forgetting people's names right now. I'm getting old. You know, <laughs> I'm getting fucking old. I'm forgetting people's names. But Alan Scott. That's his name. They could have had the Alan Scott Green Lantern in there, I guess. Or they could have had the um, the Jay Garrick Flash in there or something. You know, there's other members of the, there's other members of the Justice Society that they could have used. You know, like, but just to have four and like just having two of them be junior members was kind of like it kind of offset the team a little bit. And like Adam Smasher, Adam Smasher's funny. Uh, he, he he's but like him and him and Cyclone are kind of useless. Sorry to say they're kind of useless. They just they're just used for action scenes. And like I said, Adam Smasher is used for comedy. He's like the comic relief of the of the team. Like he comes in for an action scene and Cyclone, Cyclone surely used for CGI and action scenes. Cause like her powers are just like her powers are just like so like spectacular. You know? And it's it's it 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 looks it looks pretty. You know, her every time she turns into like the little cyclone, they do it in like slow motion and shit like that. They show her in slow motion and stuff like that. It's pretty. And she's a pretty girl. You know, like the girl that plays her is she's a pretty girl. But she didn't add much. She didn't add much to the movie. You know, but I love the team in general. I love that team in general. Uh the 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 the, the movie had great action. Like the actions, all the action scenes were top notch to me. There wasn't like a, there wasn't like one action scene in this movie. I was like, ah oh, man, can this be over with? You know, it was like it was over with. Like a lot of the action scenes were over with before you even knew it. You know, and it was just kind of like, oh, they they're done, and then they move on to the next action scene, and then it was it was a very action packed movie. Like that was this movie did not bore me. Let's just say that this movie did not bore me the side characters are kind of weak though side characters are weak as fuck um like i said sarah sahai who plays uh adriana tamaz uh she's tolerable she's the most tolerable out of all the uh side characters like she's probably the best of the side characters because like she has a story um they kind of they kind of build her up um like she 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 has like this big she has like this big dialogue towards the end of the movie uh when um because like she's because like she's trying to protect black adam really from the justice society and the justice society is like hey you can't have him here he's like destroying stuff he's like we can't have him here and she's pretty much kind of like it's kind of like a I want to say it's kind of a a, a a jab to America, you know, <laughs> how America sends troops into these foreign countries and they're like, oh, we're trying to protect freedom. But they're just like, hey, when 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 stuff goes down with us, you're never here, you know, kind of like the stuff that's going on. And um, I, I don't think I, can, I, I can't really speak on it like the stuff that's going on. I think it's, it's going on in Iran. You know, like they got their own little stuff going on in Iran, and like 
America's not really there. You know, like the stuff that's going on in Ukraine. I know we're trying to get involved with that, but we're really not involved in that. You know, so like it was kind of like a, a, a commentary on that. Like these American superheroes coming in to stop this uh, this uh, foreign superhero or foreign what they think is a foreign menace, by the way. Is what they think is a foreign menace. They're trying to stop him, but she was like, "Cause like the uh, Intergang is here. There's, who was in the comics? There's this group called Intergang. They're like this international crime syndicate. Uh, Intergang has been in their uh, in their country for decades, and no superhero has showed up to stop them. Uh, cause like she, cause like she brings that up. She's cause she said she was like Intergang has been here." for years and this is the first time i've seen you in this country <laughs> pretty much is what she said she's like this is the first time i've seen you guys in this country like to stop black adam like you're never here you're not here you weren't here when intergang started taking over and enslaving this country you know <laughs> like so like i'm like she makes a good fucking point and it kind of makes the it kind of makes the Justice Society look stupid, you know, a little bit. <laughs> cause like they just cause they're just standing there. Cause like she has this big speech and the Justice Society is just standing there. They're like, damn. Maybe we are fucked up. <laughs> they're kind of like, right? <laughs> it kind of made them think, you know. But yeah, like she's the best of the side characters. Uh her brother was okay too. They're like, I think he tried too hard to be funny to the point to where it got annoying because like he just kept he just kept trying they just kept trying to do gags with him like the sitting in the sitting in the car singing songs thing like i I didn't really find that funny like they they kept trying to bring that gag back every so often to try to make it funny and i didn't really find it funny you know (laughs) because he'd be sitting in the car uh, he'd, he'd be sitting in the car singing like Baby Come Back that was like his favorite song Baby, they would have the, him singing Baby Come Back <laughs> like Baby Come Back he'd be like <laughs> he'd be singing Baby Come Back you can bring it all on me or something like that he was singing and uh <laughs> and like they just kept trying to they just kept trying to make that a trying to make that a running gag and it's not it's not fucking funny um they, uh, there was another thing they tried to make a running gag with him where like um, Dr. Fate tells him how he dies you know <laughs> and he was just like every time he would get in the danger you're like wait oh wait this is not how I die hold on <laughs> he was like don't worry about it he was like Dr. Fate already told me how I died it's not today and he just like you know so they just kept trying to make that they just kept trying to make that a running gag too uh, but yeah he tried too hard to be funny uh, but he wasn't the most annoying character. It was uh, Adriana's son. Adriana's son. Oh my goddamn nerves. Like, he had probably the worst dialogue in this whole movie. He had the worst dialogue in this whole movie. Like, and then he would do, like, he would do stuff. He would do stuff that didn't make any sense. And would put the heroes in more danger. Like he took the crown. Like like this is MacGuffin, the, the crown that um the intergang is looking for. And like it's 
the summon they're supposed to summon some i'll tell you about it later but uh like the crown is the MacGuffin, pretty much that's what the the villains want and he took the crown and he start running away with it and then he gets his little ass kidnapped and now the justice society got to go and save him and you know, <laughs> you know so they're just like fuck. they're like fuck man they're like fuck man we trying to contain black adam and then this fucking kid's running around with his goddamn crowd and inner gang fucking kidnaps him. And now we gotta go fucking save his ass now from inner gang. They're like, they're like, <laughs> they're like, they were, they were stressed. I'm like, I felt sorry for the JSA. They were like, we are fucking stressed out here, bro. They were like, <laughs> but yeah, I man, he just kept doing shit. They kept uh, putting Black Adam and the JSA in more danger. Um, and like, but and like, this kid is probably the reason why we will never see a Robin again on big screen on the big screen. Probably because he just made a good case for why kid sidekicks are annoying. It was like he made a great case for why kid sidekicks are annoying. I was like, oh my god, why you do this? Cause I was looking at this. I was looking at this kid. I was like, we ain't never gonna see Robin now because this kid just made kid sidekicks fucking annoying. Like with the, and it's not his fault. It's the it's the it's the writers. Like they wrote corny dialogue for this kid. They wrote corny fucking dialogue for this kid. And because I could probably see him in something else, and he'd probably be great in it. But I just want to see Robin on the big screen. That's all I want. Because like, and this kid probably fucked it up. You know, like. Uh, not, I'm like not him. The writers, the writers writing for this kid probably fucked it up. They was like, man, this is why this is why we don't want to see kids sidekicks because it's because of shit like this. But um, yeah, let's move on to the villains. The villains are so fucking weak. Uh, intergang, they're just a bunch of like faceless goons that like Black Adam just kills and the JSA just beats up and like. And then, like, like the main villain, the main villain is like one of those villains that you could see coming like miles away. And like the first, the first, like the first time I saw this guy, I was like, "That dude's the bad guy." I was like, like the first time I saw this dude, I was like, "Yeah, he's the villain, that dude." And then when it turns out he's the villain, I was like, I wasn't even shocked. I was like, "Oh." I was like, oh, he's the villain. Oh no, what a shock. But, you know, and then at the end, like, he turns into, like, this big CGI demon that uh, Black Adam and uh, the JSA have to end up fighting. You know, because, like, he gets the de- because he gets, like, the crown from the kid. He gets the crown and he puts the crown on his head. And then he turns into the goddamn, like, uh, eventually he turns into the goddamn demon. Uh, Cause I think first you gotta get sent to hell first. You gotta get sent to hell, and then you come back. Then you emerge as the demon, and that's what happened to him. He got sent to hell, and then he emerged as the demon. <laughs> so like, so like he was just a big CGI blob that they had to fucking fight at the end. Which I felt like that. I felt like that whole third act was unnecessary. I really did because the second act was the best part of this whole movie uh because it wrapped it it wrapped everything up in this nice neat little bow to where you're like if this is the end of the movie i'm fine with that 
be like, this would be a perfect ending. But nah, we we gotta fight the big CGI demon guy and his 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 his, his CGI zombie henchmen, which are the most useless henchmen ever. It's like Intergang is just gone after a while. Like Intergang just disappears and he shows up with these goddamn zombies, with these fucking undead zombie henchmen. They look like something out of a fucking uh, a Clash of the Titans or some shit. Like 1980s Clash of the Titans. They look like fucking Jason and the Argonauts or some shit like that. They look, they look like some shit like that. And they're taken out so fucking easily. They're useless as fuck. Like they didn't need, like they didn't even need to be there, you know, because like it was like it's because it was kind of like if you kill the um the, the 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 demon, if you kill the demon, they just they just go away. Like they, there was no need for them. There really was no fucking need for them. But overall, I I still think this is a fun popcorn movie. It was very enjoyable. It's like one of those movies you don't really have to you don't really have to think too much about it. It's just a lot of great action, you know. A lot of there's some funny parts. It ain't from the brother, uh, Elders Hodge. Uh, made me laugh a little bit. Like he had a couple scenes that made me laugh. Adam Smasher's uh, legit funny. You know, I thought I thought he was legit funny. Uh, even um. Even Pierce Brosnan and Dwayne Johnson got some got some good jokes up in there. They got some good yuck yucks up in there. Like they played it straight, but it was like, oh, that's funny. I like that. That's funny. But um, but yeah, like I said, like Dwayne Johnson, Eldis Hodge, and uh, Pierce Brosnan, like they hold this movie together. I like I like the fact that like, they take the source material seriously and they just and they just make the best out of it. You know. There is an end credit scene for anybody that hasn't seen this movie yet, which is why I don't really want to spoil it too much. I'll probably do like I'll probably do like a spoiler review or talk about the end credit scene like next week or something like that. You know, I'll probably do that. Probably go in depth or something like that. Probably do like a, a special uh, episode for that uh, next week or this coming this coming week. Like maybe like a Friday or, or Saturday or something like that. Like the, the Friday or Saturday, I might do that. Um, because like there is an end credit scene, and it's probably one of the best superhero movie end credit scenes that I've seen in a while from either company, like Marvel or DC, from both companies. Uh, like because I haven't heard the crowd erupt in joy for an end credit scene uh in a while now like but this one got ex- got them excited like they got excited for this one it's a it's a it's a feel good it's a feel good end credit scene it's like which is something that marvel hasn't done in a while now you know they haven't really hit you with a feel good end credit scene or the end credit scene was like oh wow i wonder where this is fucking going you know i mean personally i enjoyed the eternals end credit personally i enjoyed that one with um star fox and pip i enjoyed that one couldn't really enjoy the blade one because you didn't know it was blade until the director told you it was blade (laughs) i think it was uh 
What's her name? God damn it. Who? Uh, Chloe Zhao. I think it was Chloe Zhao at the end. She was like, "Yeah, that's Blade." She was like, <laughs> "She said at the end. Of, at the end of um, it was um, she was like in a. I think it was an interview. It was an interview where they was asking like, "Is that Blade at the end of the at the end?" It was, and she was like, "Yeah, that's Blade." She was like, and she just like confirmed it was Blade. And then you got to go back and be like, "Oh shit, that's Blade!" You know, because <laughs> you don't know that's Blade. Um, because like he's talking he's off screen you don't even like it's Mahershala Ali's voice off screen talking to uh Kit Harrington's character and you don't know that that's him but but personally I I enjoyed the Star Fox and Pip one I enjoyed that one because I'm like I want to see what they do with those two fucking characters I just want to see what they do with those characters uh but this uh this end credit scene right here for uh Black Adam probably the most enjoyable and the most uh satisfying end credit scene you're going to see I've seen in a while. But yeah. Uh overall, I get this movie a 3 out of 5. Like I said, there's flaws in it. Like I don't like the first 20 minutes. I thought the first 20 minutes of this movie dragged. Uh it's not a perfect movie like the villains a week that kid got on my fucking nerves fucking hated that kid um but like i said dwayne johnson did a passable job he did a good job as black adam i enjoyed aldous hodge and uh pierce brosnan and and the other kids i enjoyed the uh the kids of the 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 the, the, the guy that played adam smasher and the chick that played cyclone i enjoyed them for what they were too like the jsa are the the JSA are the highlights of this movie, and the action is really fucking good. Really good action scenes in this movie. Really good fight scenes in this movie. Really good action scenes in this movie. Uh, if you don't want, if you don't go for anything else, go for that. It's enjoyable as fuck. I give it a three out of five. I'll be back with my review for uh, Vampire in Brooklyn right after these messages. For centuries, they have roamed the earth, fearsome creatures of the night, endlessly seeking to satisfy an unyielding hunger. Now, the world's last vampire is about to encounter something infinitely more terrifying than himself. Brooklyn. Interesting. I've been stabbed, and I've been hanged. Even broken on the rack once, but I've never been shot before. It kind of itches a little. Paramount Pictures presents... If you're hungry, I'll run you down to KFC down the street and hit you off with a two-piece. I already had Italian. Eddie Murphy. Do I look like I would bite you? Angela Bassett. You better not. Not after the day I've had. Eddie Murphy. Everything! Come on! Move it! Yeah, yeah, right. There's a lot of love in this room. Look at this. And Eddie Murphy. Bottom line, brothers and sisters, what I'm trying to tell you tonight is that evil is good. Let me hear y'all say it. Evil is good. 
If he fails here... Oh. Quickest way to a woman's heart is through the church. It's actually through the ribcage, but that's a bit messy. Being undead... You got the dropsies. ...won't be worth living. I'm a cop. If you uh, try anything funny, I'll shoot you. Women. Vampire in Brooklyn. I would love to have you for dinner. Vampire in Brooklyn from 1995. Let's get into the technical first. This movie was directed by Wes Craven. The screenplay was written by Charlie Murphy, Michael Lucker, and Chris Parker. Yes, Charlie Murphy uh, had a role in writing the screenplay, uh, who is uh, Eddie Murphy's older brother. Uh, the budget for this movie was $14 million. Uh, it brought in uh, $35 million at the box office, which is... That's okay. That's pretty good. Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes uh, score is uh, 12%, though. It's a, it's a 12% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, some, fun, some, some, some fun facts about this uh, movie... Uh, According to uh, Charlie Murphy, like the movie was originally going to be a straight horror film. Like he didn't like there wasn't going to be any comedy in here at all. But Wes Craven, uh, Wes Craven of all people, Wes Craven, uh, Charlie Murphy, the comedian, wanted it to be a straight horror film with like no laughs. But Wes Craven. The guy that does horror wanted it to be a comedy. <laughs> like he changed, he kind of changed everything up. He was like, "Nah, let's let's put some comedy in here. You guys, you're the comedy guys. I'm gonna talk about that a little bit later in in in, in this review about what I thought think about that. Uh, but that's what he did. Like this is also um." In the middle of the smooth Eddie era, as I like to call it, the smooth Eddie Murphy era. This is like when like Eddie Murphy was trying to transition into like being a suave ladies man, like a suave leading man, you know, because I really think that like that started with like Harlem Nights. Does a little bit of coming to America, but I don't count that. He's kind of he's a little, he's a little bit goofy in coming to America, but. It really started off with like Harlem Nights. Like Harlem Nights. Uh, he does do another 48 hours in the middle of this. Uh, he does do. Um, he does He does another movie before that, doesn't he? I think. He does another Beverly Hills Cop in the middle of this. Yeah, he does Beverly Hills Cop 3 in the middle of this. Uh, but he also does. Uh, he also does Boomerang. Another suave leading man he does the distinguished gentleman in the middle of this and then he does a uh, vampire in brooklyn like which is vampire in brooklyn is kind of like the end of that era is like this is kind of like the purgatory of that era it was like when he 
like starts going towards the family friend friendly route after this with um with um Doc Doolittle. A lot of people consider Nutty Professor like a family friendly film too, but like that, that movie I, I reviewed that movie like a couple years ago and I'm like that movie's not family friendly at all. <laughs> you know <laughs> it's PG thirteen, but I don't think it's all that family friendly. He does some shit in there. I was like, the kids ain't really supposed to be fucking seeing. But, uh, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, okay. Family friendly. Everybody says it starts with Nutty Professor. But even when I was doing my research, they were saying like, yeah, family friendly. His family friendly movies start with Nutty Professor. I'm like, Nutty Professor is not a family friendly movie at all. But anyway, that's what they want to say. That's what they want to fucking say. Fuck it. Uh, let's talk about how I saw this movie as a kid. I was like, this is another one of those like cut and dry ones where I was just like, I just saw this movie with my parents one time on cable. I think it came on like HBO uh, one night and we just sat down and watched it. I remember not caring for it too much. I remember not really liking it all that much. I was like, Eddie Murphy is a vampire. Get the fuck out of here, man. You know, like, I was like, you know, that's how I felt about it. I was like, I don't want to see Eddie Murphy as no goddamn vampire. I was like, I was a little bit older here. I was like 10. I think I was 10 years. I was 10 years old here. So I was like, I don't see Eddie Murphy as no fucking vampire. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? But anyway, let's see how I feel about this movie as an adult. Uh, the opening of this movie is like all over the place. First off, first off, the opening of this movie is like all over the goddamn place because... They're trying to build tension at the beginning of this movie with this boat that's about to like crash through the Brooklyn Harbor. Like it's just crashing. It's just like crashing through smaller boats and just crashing through little like ports and stuff like that. And you you have John Witherspoon and Kadeem Hardison cracking jokes in the middle of that. <laughs> Like, funny jokes, but they're cracking jokes in the middle of that, and it kind of kills the tension. Because, like, they got this, like, they got, like, this music where it's like, do, 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 and all this shit. And then, like, you got, like, John Witherspoon saying some stuff like, ooh, yeah, she mighty fine, mighty fine, you know, doing this, doing this pop shit. Like yeah, yeah, yickety, bang, 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 and all this shit, right? But uh, you guys doing his stuff, and then Kadeem Hudson, like, ah man, what's going on here, man? You know, like you doing all that shit, and it kind of kills the tension of what's gonna happen, you know? Because like the boat's about to crash into them, but they're cracking fucking jokes, and it comes to a point where like you don't want to see these characters fucking die because they're so goddamn funny, you know? Like <laughs> you know, <laughs> it starts to come like I don't want to see them die. They funny. Why would I see? I don't want to see funny people die. Why would I want to do that? Why would I want to see that? And John Witherspoon is hilarious. John Witherspoon is hilarious in the first couple minutes of this movie. He's hilarious throughout this whole movie because he's he's throughout the movie and he says some shit up in here and <laughs> just got me cracking the fuck up. You know, like when he was talking to uh, I'm giving it away now. Like when he was talking to uh, one of the cops that are in the movie, uh, played by uh, Alan Payne, and he was talking about, uh, Angela Bassett, and when he was saying, when he was saying, like, uh, like oh, she, oh, oh, yeah, he up in there, he was tapping that top shelf booty, 
<laughs> I cracked the fuck up. I cracked up. John Witherspoon. Fucking hilarious. Throughout this whole movie. But this is supposed to be a horror movie. So him being funny is out of place. Because some scary shit happened and then John Witherspoon do some shit that make you laugh your fucking ass off. And you like, I forgot I was supposed to be scared. You know? <laughs> and like that and that that continues to be a problem throughout the whole movie. Where you're just like where you're just like Dude, this is scary. And then somebody say something funny and you like, I forgot I was supposed to be scared. I forgot I was supposed to be fucking scared throughout this whole goddamn movie. Cause you got John Witherspoon cracking me the fuck up throughout this whole movie. You got Kadeem Hardison cracking me the fuck up throughout this whole movie. You even got Eddie Murphy and cracking me the fuck up in this whole movie. And I'm like, I'm supposed to be scared, motherfucker. I'm not supposed to be laughing uncontrollably. But you know, <laughs> And like we also see uh the shadow of Eddie Murphy's a uh, vampire character. He turns into an animal, which is not a vampire bat. He turns into a wolf. Like, shouldn't he be a werewolf instead of a vampire if that's the case? Because a wolf, he turns into a he turns from a wolf into a man. But he's a fucking vampire. He should have turned into a vampire bat. Right? That's the thing. That's what it should be. I don't know, man. This movie, this, this, it, this, it, it doesn't make any fucking sense. But uh, Eddie Murphy appears as a Maximilian. And when I say like he appears, like he really fucking appears like out of thin air. And his accent is fucking terrible. <laughs> It's terrible. I guess he's trying to be a Caribbean vampire, but like his regular accent, like just out outdoes the fake accent. It's like his regular New York accent and his Caribbean accent are like fighting each other. You know, like they're just like trying to jockey. They're trying to jockey for position, and like they just keep getting mixed up in each other. <laughs> you know, but. He comes in and he appears to save uh, Kadeem Hardison's character from like these two Italian stereotypes that he owes money. One of them is uh, Mulder and Scully's boss from the X Files. Uh, you know, <laughs> one of them is that guy. Uh, but so, like he kills those guys, and you think like, oh, he, he saved Kadeem Hardison, but no. He ends up turning him into, like, one of his, like, prison bitch zombie guys. Like, he turns him into, like, a fucking zombie servant or some shit like that. Uh, then we're introduced to uh, the two detectives played by Angela Bassett and uh, Alan Payne. Uh, like, I'll get more into their characters as they go along because, like, these are two characters that take time to build and they're kind of they're essential to the story. So, got to talk about them a little bit later. But Max is looking for uh, his tomb and his vampire bride, which is a reincarnated version of uh, Angela Bassett. Which I was looking at this movie because like going into this movie, I was just starting to look at this movie. And I was thinking about 
this movie and the way it's set up. In a way, this movie kind of reminds me of a vampire version of Coming to America. Hear me out. Eddie Murphy's character is a fish out of water uh, character with a bad accent. He has a comedic sidekick who rents out a shitty apartment for him. And he's trying to find his bride. Sounds like coming to America to me. Just with more killing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's it. Like it just that's what it sounds like. He's like, just just add murder into it, and it's coming to America. Uh Kadeem Hardison's character like starts looking like a crackhead. Like, cause like Cause I don't know. I had like a Mandela effect of how he turned into a zombie. Because I, what I thought, I thought that Eddie Murphy bit him and turned him into a zombie. Because like, if you remember, um, Blade, remember, you remember in Blade, because like, um, one of the vampires bites that uh, that surgeon guy, and he just turns into he's like he's not really dead. He just turns into a fucking zombie. Uh, cause like he comes, he's at the end of the, he's at the end of Blade and he's just a fucking zombie because they bit his ass and like, cause like they bit him and he didn't die, but he didn't turn to a vampire either. I always thought, I don't know why I thought this in my head. I had a Mandela effect about this shit. I always thought that, uh, uh, Eddie Murphy's character bit Kadeem Hardison's character and that's how he turned into a zombie. But no, he just takes his, uh, his blood. Like he like nicks himself with his fang and takes his blood and puts it in Kadeem Hardison's mouth and that's how he turns that's how he turns into a zombie but like he starts like he starts looking like a fucking crackhead like he got like body parts falling off and shit and it just it just starts looking gross like he loses his ear he loses an arm and like nobody's alarmed by this shit like John Witherspoon sees this shit too uh, who plays like his like John Witherspoon is like pretty much like Kadeem Hardison's uncle, and John Witherspoon is not alarmed by this shit at all. He's not alarmed by the fact that his nephew is out here looking like stir fried shit. Like pretty much, he's out here looking like Pookie from New Jack City, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and he's not he's not alarmed by this. He's not alarmed by the fact that his 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 nephew's losing body parts and shit you know just he just doesn't give a fuck <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck at all uh angela bassett also has a horny roommate named nikki like something else they pulled from uh coming to america because uh remember the, the 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 horny sister latrice you know <laughs> like so like we get a we get a version of that here uh but nikki is over the top horny like she over the top horny she like porn star horny like she even talks like a porn star like it's kind of like a thing where like she's just like because like she comes on the alan Payne's character like pretty fucking strong you know <laughs> so like she just met this man and all of a sudden like she started like kissing on his man neck and shit and he's like yo i don't move like that you know <laughs> like, like like back the fuck up I, I just met you like five minutes ago, you know, <laughs> and like she just like she's super horny. But anyway, uh, Max kills her horny ass, <laughs> you know, like, he kills the fuck out of her. Uh, 
did I mention that Eddie Murphy does funny makeup characters in this movie also? Well, he does funny makeup characters in this movie also. <laughs> like, uh, Preacher Polly. Like, Preacher Polly is pretty much a, uh, a prototype of Sherman Clump. He even sounds like Sherman Clump. He doing this. He doing all the, 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 the fucking fat guy voice and shit. And, like, this movie does have, like I said, this movie has some funny jokes, man. Like, it has some funny jokes, because, like, the whole Preacher Polly shit cracked me the fuck up. He's like, ass is good. Ain't nothing wrong with it and getting a little ass. You know, you're evil and ass. You get yourself a piece of evil ass. Woo! You know, you know, like, it's it's funny. This is a funny, there's some funny shit in here. Like, which would be good if Eddie Murphy wasn't trying to be serious in this movie. Like, I felt sorry for him because this was supposed to be the movie where he could show his acting range. But Wes Craven wouldn't let him do that shit. You know, Wes Craven wouldn't let him do it. And like, that's pretty much, and that's, especially back then, it's kind of, it's kind of, I'm like, it's not the, it's not really the case now. But back then, that was the story for a lot of black comedians. Like, a lot of black comedians didn't get to show the range that Hollywood lets white comedians show. You know, like, Jim Carrey and Robin Williams got the crossover into drama. Like, they wouldn't let Eddie Murphy do that. Like, which is why I applaud someone like Jamie Foxx, who was able to do it. You know, and now, and now he's known more, he's not even known for his stand-up. Like, he's known more for his acting. You know, like, like people, I don't think a lot of people even know that Jamie Foxx is a stand-up comedian. He's a stand-up comedian. Like, he had a fucking sitcom in the 90s. I don't think a lot of people knew that. I don't think even a lot of his, like, contemporaries know that. Like, people that he, like, people that he acts with. I don't, I don't think they even knew it. I'm like, wait, you're a stand-up comic? What the fuck? They're like, they're probably like... <laughs> they're like, they probably didn't even know he was a stand-up comedian. But like, he's such a good, but he's such a good actor that you wouldn't know he used to be a stand-up comedian. And still, he kind of is a stand-up comedian. He doesn't do stand-up very often, but he, he does things in the stand-up realm. But... Yeah, man, like they didn't let, but like that's something they wouldn't let Eddie Murphy do. They wouldn't let Eddie Murphy cross over. Uh, it had to take Dream Girls to be like, hey, man, this guy, this guy could do drama, you know? So, <laughs> like, just give them a chance, man. Just give them a fucking chance. Uh, just give them a chance. And, cause even like, even like he'll take a movie like, cause even he took a movie like Dolomite is my name. You know, and he had some, he had some serious, uh, he had some serious acting chops in that. I thought he was pretty good in that also. I think he should, I thought he should have been nominated. A lot of people thought he should have been nominated for an Oscar for that. You know, there was like, Eddie Murphy should have been nominated for Dolomite is my name. <laughs> like, he really should have. Uh, but they didn't for some reason. But, uh, anyway, let's move on. Uh, Angela Bassett and uh alan payne like they have like this uh sexual tension between them uh which is really like a, a, a obstacle for uh maximilian which is uh eddie murphy's character uh 
it's kind of like an obstacle for him because uh, deep down, Angela Bassett likes Al- Alan Payne's character. She's got a crush on him. And he kind of got a crush on her too, but they don't want to complicate things because they're both cops and they're partners. You know, but Maximilian is in, he's like kind of cock blocking Alan Payne too. Because like the way that Max gets Rita finally is like really stalker like. Like he find like he turns into all these people and then he like kind of finds out what the fuck she likes and he lies and says that he that, that uh, Alan Payne's character fucked her uh, roommate and shit. Like they keep bringing that up, you know, as a as a as a as a as a, a barrier between uh between uh the, what their character's name Rita and Justice. Yeah, Angela Bass's character's name Rita. Alan Payne's character's name Justice. It's a barrier between Rita and Justice, you know. So like he he does that. But uh, let's talk about Kadeem Hardison. Kadeem Hardison is pretty fucking hilarious in this movie, man, as well as the as the ghoul guy. But like, like I said, that dude is just clutch. That dude is a clutch performer in whatever he's in. That goes for um uh Angela Bassett as well. Like Kadeem Hardison, Angela Bassett, and John Witherspoon. Clutch. All three of them clutch in this movie. You know, like they're just really fucking good in this movie and they sh- they're good in a movie they give their 100% to a movie that they really shouldn't be giving 100% to but that's the professionalism and I love it I love it uh Rita kind of stupid though <laughs> Rita kind of dumb because like she's supposed to be a cop right and like she doesn't notice anything suspicious uh about Max. Especially the way he looks. I'm like, this motherfucker looks like a vampire. Like, what dude looks like that even in 1995? What dude looks like that in 1995? Like, he looks pretty out of fucking place. But as a limo, so he's cool, right? You know, she, all her inhibitions, like, go down. All her, like, fucking shields come down when Maximilian tells her that he has a fucking limo. You know? So, <laughs> it's just like, because she's like, oh, no, we can't be doing it. And then he said, like, I got a limo. She's like, oh, well, all right, then. <laughs> you know? So, that mean you got money. You know? So, just like, that, this, 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 that fucking instinct just popping her head like this motherfucker could be fucking Jeffrey Dahmer this motherfucker could be Ted Bundy uh, all the goddamn serial killers and if he would have said I got a limo I got money they'd go with him like 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 she would go with him like she would go with him I said they she would go with him. She, she ain't no pronoun, but uh, you know, she would go with them. And I'm like, that's that's kind of stupid of her. That's kind of dumb of her. But yeah, man, that, that part didn't make any fucking sense to me. But they had to get her to Max somehow. I guess that was the way to do it. Uh, but Maximilian's powers are very inconsistent as well, because because like when I said. 
he jumped off the ship as a wolf. He turned to a man. Like, that was inconsistent because he should have been a fucking bat. I'm still a little butthurt about that. I'm a little irked by that. Uh, and then at one point, he's ripping people's hearts out. Then he's biting some people, but not everyone. Because I think he even tells Kadeem Hardison, he was like, because like, uh, Kadeem Hardison, like, hey man, you gonna bite me or something? And he's like, no, I don't. I think he's like, kind of like, no, nah, I don't do that. But then he bites somebody. He bites uh, Angela Bassett. He bites this white lady, uh, uh, played by uh, Jerry Hall, actually. You don't know who Jerry Hall is. Jerry Hall is one of Mick Jagger's uh, ex wives. Uh, he bites Jerry Hall. Right? And I'm like, are you a fucking vampire or not, motherfucker? You're like, what do you do? Are you, you biting some people and then you're not biting other people? You're like, I don't fucking get it. Like, pick a power and stick with it, goddammit. Pick a fucking power and stick with it. Like, this movie is just, this movie just all over the fucking place. It really is. It's all over the goddamn place. Uh, overall, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with that, with the acting. Like, like I said, the acting's really good. Uh, like I said, like Kadeem Hardison, Angela Bassett, John Woodspoon, even Alan Payne, which I will enjoy Alan Payne in a lot. You know, you know, <laughs> I don't enjoy Alan Payne in a lot, but he's not bad in this movie. He's he's actually pretty good in this movie. He's clutch as well. I'm gonna give it to him too. He clutch. Um, the 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 story. It's just the story, man. The story is very clunky, and it doesn't know if it wants to be funny or serious. Like, like the last forty minutes. The last forty minutes of this movie is actually a pretty good horror movie. Like the last forty minutes, like, is actual horror. There's no funny ha ha bullshit going on for a little bit or none of that it's like it's a straight up horror film but it's a little too late after that it's a little too fucking late and for that I gotta give it I gotta originally I was gonna give it a, a 3 out of 5 but I'm thinking about it a lot of this shit pissed me off too much to give it a 3 out of 5 I give it a 2 out of 5 god damn it this is getting a 2 out of 5 uh Watch it if you want to, you know, just to see how silly this fucking movie is. Because it's a silly fucking movie. It really is silly. Made me laugh uncontrollably, even though it's supposed to be a fucking horror movie. Made me laugh. Uh, But yeah, two out of five. That's it. Join me next week when I review 19... 91's The Addams Family. Until next time, peace.